You feel that? Yeah, Up yeah. Here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so welcome to the Videography Network podcast. Today, my guest is the fantastic Vonnie Lee. How are you doing, Vonnie? Good. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, Thank you for having me. I get to leave my my little booth. Absolutely. Yeah, we were talking <laughs> off camera about how um, voiceover can be kind of a lonely place because it's just you and, and your voice. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it's great to see you. It's great to Thank have you. you. Thank um, you. So today we want to talk about quite a few things. We want to talk about you and, and, and how you became a voiceover artist. And I know that's only one part of your bigger picture that you you do um also want to talk about the sort of things that videographers video production companies when they come to you let's like save them some time mm. save you some time um yeah. I, I know when when we first started working together um it was a case of i sent you an email and it was almost like oh hey we need a voice um can you do this and i just sent you the script yeah and that was a massive obviously a massive no-no because there's so much more to it so let's start there what what do videographers need to bring to your door for you to really, to, for them to get the best out of you? Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's interesting because as I've developed as a voiceover artist, I, I've also realised how sometimes inefficient we all work together because yeah. it's one freelancer versus one contractor versus another one, yeah. all trying to service the same client. Mm. And um for if if it's possible obviously you know in terms of budget constraints and time constraints as well i would always say try and bring the voiceover in as early as possible yeah um because then the kind of multi-layered re-explaining and re-explaining and re-explaining of what needs to happen can happen right at the beginning yeah and when when i mean even in the script writing stage you know if you've got a script script writer that's in on this project getting that voiceover to really understand you know what the product is where where the emphasis needs to be mm. you know where the sale needs to be um versus you know here's here's just more information or here's the padding yeah type of thing that's that saves so much time at the end um i think because i, I sometimes think especially when you're just employing um a freelancer to to jump on the project. I always feel like you're treating it as a lot of, of a lot of voiceovers feel like they they're treated as a as an add on. Yeah, Rather right at the end, actual part of the production itself. Yeah. yeah, so it's like I don't know the project's been going on for six months. Yeah, and then the week or two the deadline is due. Let's find a voiceover. voiceover yeah, yeah, and guilty. Then, We've done that before. And then yeah. by then it's like, oh well, I, this is Tuesday. I need it tomorrow. Right. So it makes life yeah. very difficult for voiceover artists. And, you know, I don't think anyone turns around and says, oh, you know, just because I'm paid for this particular project, I don't want to be involved earlier on. Yeah. I think I think that's a misconception mm -hmm. because it's great to feel like you're part of the journey and to really understand the product. And I think if, you, if we're all servicing the same client as well, the client really feels like it's a team that they would like to use again. Mm. Um, and it it makes life so much easier because on you know on top of just delivering the work itself, you have you have uh, relationships to deal with. 
you know, some people you work with really, really well and life's easy and you seem to just be able to understand and pick, you know, read between the lines and know what it is that they want. And other relationships are really hard. Mm. And we have to think about it. It's the same for our clients as well. They, you know, they're not always happy working with certain people, and but they, they find life a lot easier with, with others. You know, let's make it easier for them. Yeah. To, to choose this all over again. So we want that team all over again. And, and I remember our, in our early days, obviously, the, we, we probably did. We would, as I say, we were guilty of, of just sending you a script. Um, which is which is fine. Yeah. Um, and But we get, developed that relationship between us as well, where it was, okay, we know Vonnie will be perfect for this project. Yeah. And we and we would, they would always ask for a few, but we would say, here's a few. And, and you know, I one. think this is the one we, we would prefer. <laughs> but um you know, sometimes it is just not the right voice and, yeah. and someone's after yeah. a specific thing. Um, what, what I loved about um, our relationship as it developed, it, you, I remember we, uh, you offer like a, like a test, how do you call it? It's like a test with the client. You can actually yeah. call them and give them a, a run through. Yeah, like a live director session. So, so yeah. is that something you introduced uh, recently or is that, how does that work? I love live directed sessions because it's, then you just don't have to worry about, you know, the emailing back and forth, the Microsoft team notes, mm. client says chirpy, you know, chirpy to yeah. her, him, you, I is like completely different to our ears. So if they're in my ear and they're on the other end hearing what they can hear, I'm in their, you know, I'm in their ear, they can tell you exactly there and then you know, the type of tone that they want, the pace that they want. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I find with live directed sessions, um, they start off leading, you know, they have an idea in the head and then actually ends up, they just let you lead anyway, because they're like, oh yeah, I can kind of see how this is yeah, working. Yeah, you now. become the director yourself. Yeah, yeah. And, and things just move so much smoother. It's, it's mm. so much easier to deliver. Because at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is to deliver a product. Yeah. Right? So the voice of the product. The whole product, mm. the video, the voice, the music, mm. um, you know, the visuals, ev- everything about it. So it's not, you know, I think for us, we need to stop seeing each other as kind of individual components that we, you know, all of it come, all of it does come together um, as a package. Mm. And, and and yeah, and I think if we just brought each other in kind of a little bit earlier. Yeah, I, I remember the, uh, quite a few um, projects we've worked on where we've just done everything except for the voiceover. Yeah. And without that, Without that direction, it's it's pretty useless video. You, yeah. you were so important. I to remember it. my first few reads. So I was kind of lucky getting to voiceover. It was just a matter of right place, right time, because I was copywriting. Right. Before I did voiceover work. Yeah. And um, it was for a huge um, landscape company mm. that services all the Queen's uh, properties. Wow. Okay. And they gave me this script, and it was all to do with grass. Yeah. And And I read it. But I literally read it like yeah. it was a book and uh, got this feedback from the client, yeah. which is just like, well, I, I could have read that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you just think, well, I don't know what else, you know, I don't know what else to give this piece of paper because, you know, I have no context. There's no visuals. I don't know where you are. I don't have, uh, you know, any information about the pace. Yeah, the brand as well. The brand, yeah. how, how quick you want me to go. And, you know, so so that, because of my inexperience, was a real learning process because really we should have covered that all, all before I even recorded, mm. gone into the recording booth. Um, and then we're wasting each other's time and then no one feels like we're getting anywhere. And it's just like, oh, for God's sake, you know. At, when you begin, you always start cheap, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. So you go yeah. for somebody who's cheap somebody who you know may not have the experience that will take on any kind of work 
And I think as you as you become better at what you do, um, you start to know. Yeah. You know what you start to know what you need to know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was going to talk a little bit about how we met. So um, we actually met through social media um, when one of our right in the early days we started getting a lot of requests for voiceover artists. And the first place I turned to, I think, was LinkedIn. There might have been some Facebook out there as well. And what really stood out with with yourself to us was that you were very out there on social media, very uh, not just vocal, but actually <laughs> you were using video. Uh, you were filming yourself in the booth and you were all over social media. Um, and it worked so well, as well as having a, obviously a fantastic uh, service that you delivered. It just helped us so much. So how has video um, helped you to to increase your brand i think when you are a voiceover artist you're kind of almost selling just one element Mm. straight away people just think okay i don't need a voice so you know park i think video engages people in such a way where it's like okay i don't need a voice but actually that was quite funny and oh i didn't know that and you know like the warm-up exercises that we did you know not many people People find it funny that you have to pull faces, they have to make funny noises. You know, oh, it's just something that's entertaining. And I think we do cross over because, yeah, it, you know, we do sell things with our voice. Um, we do provide educational content. But actually, people do forget that when when it comes to voiceover acting, that it's a lot of it is just entertainment. Mm. You know, people, people always say after I explain what it is, I do that. Oh, can you do accents? Yeah. What accents can you do? Yeah. And it's like, I'm actually really bad at accents, but yeah, I can, I can do them. Yeah. Um, you know, how many languages do you speak? And then suddenly, and, and I think with video, kind of putting a, a face to a voice and actually seeing the fact that, oh, it's not just the voice, is it? There, there is a person behind that. Yeah. Um, I think with video, you can see the expressions as well. You can yeah. see the emotion. I mean, I've done some crazy things in the booth just to be able to get to pronounce and yeah. some things out mm. you know some things i've i've done in german i don't speak german mm. but and but i said i don't speak german but the client insisted yeah that they wanted my voice and that they quite liked the the, the weird german accent yeah I was like, okay really fantastic <laughs> in thai you know so you do spanish so you yeah, do get yeah. crazy things and now you know probably 80% of my work are from American clients. Mm. Um, and I just have to double check that they definitely want me to put on an American accent. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you really? Do you not want to use somebody who's who's local, who's, yes. you know, native? Yeah. But they they hear what they hear. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, what, when I'm, obviously as a video editor and a, and a video and videographer, I sometimes... Outside of work, I get sick of video editing. So I, I used to have a YouTube channel where I used to review comic books, right? And it was my joy. And then I started doing video production for a living. And it's like, I'm not editing any videos, exactly right? And yeah. so I'm going to put this to you bluntly, but do you ever get sick of your own voice? Oh my God, yes. Yes. There's times when, especially if I've done an audiobook. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah. And they are heavy because mm. not only are you narrating, sometimes you're also directed yeah. by chapters and paragraphs and oh you just I, I I have a sticker for for when my kids know that I'm having silent evenings or silent weekends yeah and I just don't want to talk you just don't come out your booth I don't speak there. to my friends <laughs> um I get phone calls or voice notes where I'm just like 
I'm, I'm, I'm off the grid. Yeah, yeah. Just, just don't want to talk. I just don't want to hear myself anymore. Yeah. Just like all day. And mentally as yeah, well, it's yeah, quite draining, yeah. is it? It's very draining. Mm. Yeah, especially if you've got the cans on. Yeah. And all you can hear is yourself. Yeah. And you become almost like insular mm. in this world. When you're practicing for a game, actually, whenever I think, you know, when, whenever I feel really drained, it's when I become a character, you know, Anna the soldier from, you know, 1950s or whatever. And I'm, I'm in it, I'm in the script, I'm, you know, doing all the acting. And then I come out of it. I feel like I've been in that battle. Wow. And I'm knackered. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I've been climbing up this hill and being fired on, you know, all these things. And yeah, yeah. by the end of it, I'm just like, oh my God, I've literally been through the wars. Over and over again. A little bit like an actor, actor or actress then. Yeah. You just had to yeah, do the I, same I, scene and over wonder, and over. I wonder, I'm not an actor, I'm not a trained actor. Mm. So I couldn't tell you what it's like to say be on stage mm. or be behind camera. But I do wonder whether because we're only providing the scenes with our voices, mm. um, whether we have to like over provide. The imagination, yeah, yeah. It's like even harder on the brain because you're yeah. having to fill in the gaps that, yeah. that an actor or actress has in front of them, I guess. Yeah. I mean, one of the really interesting things about my line of work is um, I think because I love the niche that I'm in and I and I found the niche, well, I didn't find the niche, the niche found me. So I, you know, when I first started off doing voiceover work, like everyone else, I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to be hired by these big studios yeah. get sent all over the world and play these characters you know and be re- that's the glamorous side of it and yeah. yes there is work like that um but what i found is the perhaps it, it was my voice or perhaps it was just the way my business went but i got into the fintech space so everything that i do now is so cutting edge that is i signed so many ndas that i can't, can't put, share it i can't put anything out anymore mm, yeah you know, whereas back in the day where I was doing more, you know, just more kind of just yeah, like corporate know, stuff, and, corporate stuff yeah. and, you know, things like nowadays it's like it's NDA. Can't talk about it yeah. um, until you sign it. And then once you sign it, you can't, no marketing material. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, hard. So I host a podcast as well called The Tomorrow Farm. Yes, you do. That merges science, agriculture and technology to answer really pressing humanitarian uh, issues. Uh sustainability climate change um poverty and nutrition Mm. you know two words that don't go very well together but there is there is this movement i suppose where yes the under uh, um, undeveloped world still need nutrition yeah and and how do we provide that and how do we keep feeding an an overpopulated planet the planet and where do we go from here so space farming vertical farming hydroponics, things like that. So really fascinating subjects. Yeah, yeah, like futuristic. But a lot of the stuff um, is also NDA. Mm. So So how do you make a podcast on a lot of NDA issues? Well, a lot of things are internal. Right. And then the stuff that we put out... is, is, is the rest is the rest of it right yeah. and yeah so tell, tell me about being a podcast host what what we've seen a boom in podcasts for obvious reasons in the in the past maybe the fi- last five years mm. it's been it's been i don't think it's been bigger than it is right now um well it what, came in and mm. then it kind of died a death i remember didn't yeah, it yeah yeah it, it was did. like really not cool yeah nobody listened to it well people did mm. but nobody cool listened to it it was yeah, just like yeah. for this like really geeky kind of subsector of like super fans of the the individuals yeah but exactly. outside of that and then now it's become a lot more mainstream hasn't it yeah absolutely maybe with the introduction of spotify over the mm. last however long that's been going for yeah. and 
it's just more accessible. Yeah. I remember right and back Amazon, in the day. So I think Amazon has a lot to do Amazon, with that with Audible. Yeah, pushing it out. Yeah. Um, what are the challenges you faced? Because it? it's very closely related to the voiceover artist yeah. uh, side of, of, of what you do. What, what challenges have you faced as a podcast host? I think the difference with getting in a booth to become a character, as a podcast host, they are hiring me. Mm. Um, they're hiring, you know, your presentation skills yeah. and also your relationship skills. Uh, you'll know because you do this, but trying to get answers out of somebody when you're leading the question. Yeah. <laughs> it can sometimes be quite difficult. Definitely. So you've got, you know, you, you'll have a script and you have like a structure of where you want to go and what you want to cover. Yeah. But sometimes your, your guest can go off on a tangent. Yeah. And, you know, and if uh, I think anyone that works in podcasts know like 45 minutes is the holy, holy grail. Yeah, yeah. Anything longer is just too long. Too much. You know, so 45 minutes, an hour, trying to get all the content in. Yeah. And then you also want to keep your listeners engaged. So you want to, you know, punch every six or seven minutes or so with golden nuggets. Yeah, your yeah. aha moments. You know, wow, didn't know that. Could have done with all this information before we started recording. <laughs> So, um, but yeah. so as a podcast host, you're kind of hired not only to be the voice, you also have to be the face. Yeah, you yeah. You have, have a guest. You have to have some personality. Have to have. Do you have to have interest, interest in yes, the topic? Yes, I think you Can't do. just do anything. I think you have to be, you'd have to be either a celebrity or very, very good. Um, at general, a chameleon. Yeah, at general knowledge in. to be yeah, able yeah. to you know, ask the questions that need asking. I, yeah. know, I couldn't, I don't think I could sit in front of a doctor of biology oh, no. and it's, talk about. We did, we've done a lot of videos in the manufacturing space um, and it's always difficult because nobody really wants to be on the camera in yeah. these places. But we, we've done some interviews where it has been quite painful and I've had to really press on the questions. Yeah. You might have turned, we might have turned up with five questions and by the end of it, it's like, Oh wow, we didn't get anything there. So I've had to, I've had to go off script, um, and and that works quite well. Um, and I guess it's the same. With it's your a podcast. skill, yeah. It's a skill trying to get you. You know the answer you want. Yeah. It's just getting that person to say it without realizing yeah. that that's what you want them to say. Because the worst thing you can do as well is to give your guests a script. Oh yeah. Because then they come across really wooden. Yeah, absolutely. Very nervous. Yeah. And you can you can hear the kind of shakiness in the voices. It's not natural, is it? It's not natural. You, you can tell and as a viewer that you're being sold oh, to. Massively. So my kids and I listened to a podcast yesterday, and it was mm. a kids. Um, it's called Brains On. I'm not sure I'm allowed to say that. Right. But I asked them after the first chapter, like, did you sound? You know, were you engaged in that? Because it was a really interesting subject about space travel. No, because we could hear all those kids were just acting. Right, yeah. It wasn't natural. They were being told to read certain paragraphs and things. Yeah. I and, guess with space travel, getting kids to recite that kind of stuff and needed a script. Yeah, think? I think it just felt like it's patronising. Yeah. Well, just because we're children, we have to, yeah. you know, make things really patronising. Well, that's good. Them. That means your kids have switched on. We need more of those in a world like what we're living today with all the fake 100%. stuff. That Oh, no, I'm so, I'm such an advocate of yeah. kind of getting them thinking about like real life situations yeah yeah and i think a lot to do i mean my line of work is my passion Mm. i love the sector that i'm in i really believe that there is space for technology and humanity it's just that we're at this like almost like cusp of trying to balance that yeah where we still keep our humanity and our connections yeah but but the technology is there to aid us to help us Mm. Uh, you know at, at the moment i think we are just trying to find that rebalance. And especially the couple of years that we've had 
with yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know what it's how it's affected your line of work, but with voiceover work, it's just it's just completely changed our industry. Yeah, it's absolutely polarized everybody. Yeah, it's it's made it a lot more competitive because a lot of the work that was out there has been taken from us yeah. almost. But there's been new areas and new work that yes. has been created. So it's now it's like a scramble to 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 replace what you've lost mm. with the you know the the out the the stuff that existed before but also these new things like virtual events and things like that i know we're kind of coming out of it now but no one really believes that it's completely gone do they and no. not to drag this down into a very negative uh, subject but you know there is a bit of a dog eat dog thing going on out there in video production i I remember in the heat of the pandemic, listening to a caller on the radio that was a video production um, owner. And he said, right, I've lost everything. All my events have been cancelled for the year. My business has gone under. And I was on my way down to London with another videographer driving to a job. And we were just looking at each other like, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, this is yeah. this this could this could be us. Yeah. Um, thankfully, it isn't. You know, we've we've continued to work and you just had to adapt. This is like every industry, some, some maybe less than others, but um, yeah, it's been crazy. I um, remember when we first got the, you know, message of lockdown and everyone just had to work from home. I, me- I remember because I'm part of um, obviously some networking groups, voice yeah. networking groups, as well as I'm also um, kind of on the books of some agencies. Mm. And I spoke to one of the, the directors who also do live direction as well as book voiceover artists on. And the influx of actors, traditional actors, that suddenly saw voiceover work as one way of replacing their income. Yeah. And many of them haven't left because they realised that, oh, I can work from home. I don't need to get out of my pyjamas. Yeah. I can just service my clients, still do acting, yeah. you know, still do what I love. And I don't even, literally don't even need to leave yeah. our bedroom, my bedroom. And there was this like moment of, oh my God, you know, it's, it was already a very, very competitive industry. Yeah. And now it's like, it's just hit the fan because now everyone is a voiceover. Yeah. Literally every Tom, Dick we, and we, Harry. We actually yeah. recently hired a journalist, a journalist that I knew of because it's a local journalist, does a lot of the sports stuff. We, we hired him for a, a voiceover that they, um, we put a bit of a, a call out for a, a local Leicester voice. Mm-hmm. And um, of all the people that applied, the client went for him. Yeah. So that just shows, you know, yeah. I would never have thought of him yeah. as a, a voiceover actor, but it's something he's moved into. He's, I think he's very new to it, but... Um, but yeah. exa- exactly like what you said, we've just had to change and adapt. And, you know, luckily for me, um, I was already really organically moving away from commercials yeah i don't know how it happened but mm. i was starting to get more embedded into kind of a client's um, projects um i was, it was getting a lot more tech based mm. a lot more tech heavy so software um you know sas um products uh virtual reality you know artific- artificial intelligence software mm. so there is a lot of things going on in the background where Yes, it can create fear because the idea that robots can take over our jobs because it's one conversation that a lot of voice actors are having now. Yeah, yeah. Because it's so good now. Mm. You know, one thing that the robots couldn't mimic a few years ago, which was inflection and emotion, because mm. sometimes you hear on YouTube um, videos, don't you? The ones that talk like this. Yeah, yeah. And number one on this top on 10. On TikTok as well. <laughs> I think on TikTok, it's actually a trend to use that voice. It is. It is. It is. There's a song. Isn't there a yeah, song? Yeah. Yeah. Where it's all from that voice. Yeah. 
Um, so there was this fear factor of, oh my God, our jobs are going to be completely obliterated. But but actually, if you if you come out of the ecosystem and actually you know have a real look at what's happening in the background, not so much commercial stuff, mm. um, not even corporate really. You're talking real, you know, internal back end kind of things that are not very glamorous. Yeah. Um, but there's shed loads of work. You know, training, education. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I, t- I talk about VR quite a bit because VR is probably the, the main bulk of my work now. Right, yeah, it seems to be like a big boom for that. Huge, but, yeah. huge. Uh, and, you know, things that are just so obscure. Um, I'm now an expert in lift engineering. Oh, really? Uh, waste management. What? Uh, well, you don't have to tell me the company, but I worked for a lift company for seven years in the marketing department. Right. And let me tell you, it is the hardest thing to try and make sound sexy. Yeah. A lift. Yeah. Like uh, at one point I was designing like the sales collateral for like the handrail in a lift. <laughs> really strange I did not know that you were you were doing this this lift uh, this elevator actually it's in America isn't it elevator um, voice uh, overwork because um, oh think, everything ships um, you name it just uh, all all sorts all sorts of <laughs> electromagnetic fields your voice is all over the place yeah in fact I remember do you remember I messaged you because I heard you on TV as I was uh, cooking <laughs> eggs I was cooking I was scrambling oh, yeah, eggs do you remember because it was a yeah. Sunday morning wasn't it and I was like. That's funny. funny. I ran into the living room. I tried to get a little bit of it, but it ended. I don't even know what what it was advertising, but I know that tone so well now because we've worked together. But do you know what? I I some. I mean, obviously, for me, it's just my work, and you know, not sounding ungrateful and unappreciative because I absolutely appreciate all the work, but it is one after another. Yeah, yeah. So I do tend to forget. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I've, what I've worked I, on. I'm the same and, with videos. Yeah. I, sometimes I'll look back at our portfolio and be like, oh, I, f- I know. I forgot we did that. Yeah. Especially if you're putting a brief together for a new client, it's important to know, you know, we, we recently pitched for some work in the in uh, sports, um, in, in football. Mm. And we've had quite a few clients that have been related to football or in some way had a footballer in it or however you want to put it. And I had to really wrap my memory to go through. I had to go through the portfolio. I couldn't think off the top of my head. But that means we're doing something right. Well, eh? I'd like to we're think so. Yeah, because yeah. I, I do look at the world map sometimes. I have this like digital world map yeah. where the minute there is a significant client from that, I, I you know colour it. Yeah, yeah. And I think I'm like, there's like world dominance of like 67% now. Oh, so you've beaten me. Is it? Yeah, well, well I bought the map where you scratch it off. Ah! When you visited, you scratch it oh, off. Oh, that's so cool. Um, oh, so, what? so where, which kind continent. you work with? Yeah. Oh, I love the that. Only, I've never been to Asia. I've been to every continent. I oh, know, wait, Antarctica is a continent, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, so I've obviously not worked there. I mean, there's obviously video work there. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm sure there is. 100%. There's got to be. But um, no, I've not been taken to Antarctica, yet, unfortunately. Oh, that would be an amazing or Asia. So project. So they're the two. And then I've done every continent. Well, you'll have to hit up, what, Sony? Who have you got? Sony? Well, we, we film on Sony's. So maybe we could get a word in. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, oh, I love it. Like, I absolutely love looking at my map because then I have to think back. Oh, gosh, How yeah. lucky we've been to... I'm in yeah. this retail park in Dubai. Yeah. You know, I've covered Singapore. Oh, wow. Australia, I don't have any coverage I went Australia. to I went to Sydney. I went to Sydney for three days. So it took as long to get there and back as it did to, to film. Yeah. But the schedule meant that I couldn't stay any longer. But so, this is the glamorous part of our jobs. Yeah. And I think this is the what travel. attracts people initially to it. Yeah. And 
the getting in and, and also I, this is what I wanted to ask you actually, because for my line of work, the entry requirements is zero. Yeah. You can just decide tomorrow, I want to be voiceover. Yeah, yeah. And you'll get started. Yeah, yeah. There might be a few bumps where you have to, you know. Yeah, get some equipment. Yeah. Or, you know, get some clients. But it's just like, I've decided. It's not like you want to be an astronaut. You have to do X, Y, Z. You want to be a doctor. You want to yeah, be a vet. Absolutely. You know, you want to be an accountant. You have all these entry-level requirements where you need some knowledge, right? Yeah, yeah. My line of work's not like that. But we've talked about the competitiveness and how, you know, dog-eat-dog it is. But actually, the flip side of it, that's also the beauty of our work. That we can take it anywhere, anywhere and make any type of business out of it. And you, if you decided that, you know, I only want to film, you know, uh, super fans, comic, comic book, oh, game. Do you know what me. I mean? Don't if, tell me. I'd but quit you tomorrow. Could, but you could. Yeah, if, yeah. if that was your focus. And if yeah. I had decided, right, I only want to be known as this. Yeah. We could. And there's yeah. not many careers and, that and that's, allow us this well, type of autonomy. You know, there's a videographer um, who, a video production company that only does dentist videos. He is the go-to really? videographer for dentist video, video production. Yeah, yeah. Because he knows the industry inside out. He's got all the right lenses for the intricate little thing. You know, everything yeah. about it, you name it. And it's because dentists talk to each other. They go to conferences, don't they? And yeah. they're all together and they say, oh, I love that video you did. What was his name? And that's how he grew his business. Yeah. You know, we're not we're not there yet. We're still kind of doing a bit of everything. I mean, the closest we got to that was probably the the Microsoft community, which we we bang on about it all the time because we're so proud of it. Mm-hmm. It was it was that an, looked so much fun. It was so much fun, and yeah. and obviously various reasons have meant that that's kind of on hold at the moment, mm-hmm. which is what we go back to earlier talking about having to readjust and adapt. But um, uh, no, it's funny you should bring up elevators because I just want to get this in. Go on. My <laughs> first ever video that I did, I always did video as a hobby, right? And I had all the, I had the little handheld Sony cam that I used to film family things, weddings and things like that, but nothing more than that. One day I'm, I'm working for the marketing department of this Lyft company. And um, I think my boss knows that I'm into video mm-hmm. and I'd, I'd just actually the, the company had paid me to go to Leicester College and do a photography course because at the time I was like well I, I kind of know video I want to know more about photography and that works really well because you learn the intricate details of a of, of camera a DSLR camera which helped me further in my career when I started doing video professionally but at the time I'd never done anything professionally I still only had this little rickety Sony hand, handy cam and my boss said to me right one of our clients wants the video. So you're going to go down to Canary Wharf and film this video for them. But he didn't tell me I'm going to do. He asked me. Mm-hmm. Of course, I bit his hand off because I was like, oh, wow, this is incredible. So I, the two of us traveled to Canary Wharf. It ended up being the Barclays building. So, you know, wow. straight in at the deep end. Yeah, yeah. And I'm filming this training video for this new lift that they'd had installed. <laughs> <laughs> and it was crazy. And I re-watched recently some of that old footage and I can hear myself directing and I'm no, it's no different. Like, I don't know, like, I, it, it's crazy. Obviously, you you look back on how you began, but that was my light bulb moment. Mm. It was like, I up to that point, I've been doing marketing for lifts and, you know, it was hard work. Now, suddenly I'm being paid mm. to film and edit something, which is what I do f- for fun outside mm. of work. And it was just, I've never looked back. So it's crazy that you should know. Obviously, it's not the same company. We've, we've established that off camera. But uh, <laughs> one of our competitors. Yes. Because there's, there's not that many lift companies. Oh, I, lo- um, I just love those moments. Because yeah. as hard as 
work is sometimes and you have to deal with so many you've got to deal with budgets and, yeah you know, people being off sick and location issues and you know all sorts of things um i just love those moments where you just feel like oh this is what i've been put on this planet for and i remember when i was flown out to the states for two weeks and i had to just check <laughs> let me just check what i'm being flown out for yeah. they literally just said um, we'll brief you when you get here yeah. on all the content that we want you to put out on camera and behind the mic. But we really hired you to be you. Mm. And I was thinking, I'm getting paid, you know. It's just for, a, yeah, two weeks in the States. Five figures to to be me. Yeah. Are you mad? But that's it. That's it. Obviously, you've, you've <laughs> done you, a good job of marketing you, yourself and you getting get stuff out You get to a stage there. where it's like, God, at one at one end, it's like the hardest career ever. Because of the competition, yeah, and because of the the learning curve as mm. well, and then on the other hand, it's a dream job, yeah, and you kind of toggle between the two all the time, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. One day you're just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm yeah. a proper job, yeah, where I get paid, you know, not. I don't want to travel anymore. Yeah, I've done, I've done it. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. bored of trying to work out, you know, childcare and, and who, hotels. Who, who picks and, up yeah. who? Yeah, never seeing your friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, hanging about with work all the time, talking about work all the time, mm. and then versus like, oh, I'm living the dream. Yeah, and it's just it's it's brilliant. I mean, I, I couldn't think of anything better. I couldn't I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Yeah, I recently uh, edited a podcast, a video podcast for one of our presenters that we work with. Um, and it was all about mental health. And it was with the, I don't know if you know Mo Gadat, the, uh, who used to be the CEO of um, Google. Uh, technically, that might not be true. It's something in Google yeah. at the top. And uh, he did an amazing interview with her about mental health and about um, taking the pressure off yourself. Mm. Uh, and, and it was just um, unhappiness, how to get away from unhappiness. I'm editing this, not just editing it. I'm listening to it. It's changing my life. Mm. I, I felt so strongly about it. Um, and she, obviously that worked. She was absolutely delighted because, you know, it's not even gone out to the public yet. And here I am. Passionate. Passionate about. about yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm being paid to edit this. It just felt great. It was like yeah. a, we did some workout videos recently, which are all a, a part of an on-demand service. And I, here's me thinking, I've got this for free now. I can do some workout videos. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, there's loads of pluses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget yeah. Apple. Uh, I feel like or sometimes when I'm at a dinner party, not that there's that many um, these days, but when yeah. I am out, you know, with a group of people, yeah, because of the like just array of topics that I cover, that I probably could just for five minutes sit with like maybe like a nuclear scientist and then chop over to a beautician yeah, yeah. And, and just be like oh I know a little bit about what you do yeah, and yeah. I know about your industry and know a little bit about what you do as well but like master of none of it yeah just yeah, I just yeah. know about that oh, that's because good. of my it's line good. of work and yeah I think it's very similar when you when you cover that sort mm. of broad and sometimes variety. sometimes you see trend before the change mm. because I remember when I was copywriting and suddenly hearing a lot of commercial work going onto social media. Because yeah. you have to remember, before social media, people were paying for broadcasts on TV, radio, and... Billboards. Uh, yeah, that's all there was, <laughs> yeah. wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. So unless you had, like, massive budgets to do video, yeah, that was it for you. That was it. And then social media just changed Oh, everything. I remember the, the value of, of video production dropping... To this afford well, the the it was also the accessibility to the good the better cameras. Yeah. So when DSLR prices started to drop, yeah, 
so that more people could do it. It wasn't just a hobby anymore. Like, you know, a lot more video production companies popped up. Yeah. And uh, we were lucky enough, um, the previous company I worked at, we were right on that, you know, Facebook Live was a brand new thing. That kind of, that's at that, that time, you know, when yeah. video was being, and we were all being encouraged, go on and do yeah. live videos and yeah, get, get people's faces. Yeah, get the, get the algorithm, algorithm recognising yeah. the topics that you're covering. That for me, 100%. yeah, that represented that, that slight change don't get me wrong, video production had become a lot cheaper before that, but that was the social media age was, yeah. was coming in where yeah. it rules Because I was copywriting for like traditional brochures mm. um, for a finance company, uh, for websites, and it became suddenly, oh, could you just do a quick script? Just yeah. have on, oh, well, what's the script for? Or oh, just a quick video that we're doing. For social oh, media. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, what, what do you do with it? Oh, we send it off to this agency. The agency finds a voice. Yeah. And then the voice goes on. Oh, I could, I could be that voice. Yeah, I could yeah. Probably. What is it? What is it that you need to read? And that's literally how how, how, how I evolved. started. Yeah. And and that and that's something that's now part of every every video we do now. It comes with a social media snippet. Mm. A short, a short, long and short. It's almost um, you know, it's not even asked for anymore. It's expected that do there's you a think social media. Copy. We are seeing the end of Facebook. I can't stand it. I probably shouldn't say that on a podcast that who's might be going any, out on there. Who's on it anymore? It's, but you don't need Facebook to, to you, market no, you, your, you don't. your podcast You absolutely all, don't. Because that's and, not where podcast listeners hang out. And it's so odd that when we discussed launching the Videography Network as a, as a group, we immediately went to Facebook. But mm. then as soon as we actually started doing the groundwork, it's like, yeah. why why are we here? Yeah. Again, don't know if... if <laughs> this is getting ahead of ourselves. It might still end up on Facebook, but you know, I looked at LinkedIn and I looked at just, um, there's also a really good platform called circle. What is mm-hmm. it's an external, it's away from social media and it's a social platform just for you, like a, a community right, tool right. that you can use, which is possibly the route we're going to go down. I've heard of it. I've yeah. Heard it's of it. it's okay. meant to be really good. I'm only peeked at it at the moment, but it looks like the mm-hmm. one we could do a podcast on just why Facebook is, I mean, for me, a lot of the court cases in America, as soon as that became public, as soon as you saw, especially the senators, they just did not understand mm. what they were talking about. They yeah. were they were like my granddad, you know, literally talking about Facebook like they had no clue. And that's where I, where, you know, I've known it was dodgy and I know they're listening and they're, they're, they're sending, showing us what we want to see and all that. So that, I'm kind of okay with that in a way. I know I understand why people aren't. But then when I saw what those senators were talking about and and how absolutely oblivious they were to the world of technology, mm-hmm. that scared me, mm-hmm. you know, to not trust any <laughs> social yeah. media. But I, I mean, I think it's been very telling that they've changed their, their name to yeah. Twitter. And yeah, it's, yeah. they're definitely moving away from this social that platform bad. now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, they will. I mean, eventually I'm they sure will be the kings back. of the metaverse. I'm yeah, sure absolutely. That. Um, listen, we could go on all day, but I will wrap up with uh, one one more question, and that is for any aspiring voiceover artists out there, what would you what would your advice be if they're just starting out where you were? Maybe they're a copywriter who's mm. coming across like you did. What what would you say? Um, I would say to save a lot of pain, and it's difficult to do because I know. At the beginning, you want to take on any work, um, no matter what. I would say really hone in on your interests. 
where, you know, maybe it's a certain type of um, industry or maybe it's just a topic. It doesn't even matter. Or, or maybe like a media, you know, you love books, you love to read, books is your thing. Or, um, you know, you're great at accents and it's, you know, try try to be niche straight away because you're going to be niche eventually to save you all that headache of, you know, perhaps you get yourself a voice coach or perhaps you get a mentor and, you know, put your business plan together on how to reach clients, you know, save yourself the headache. If you niche early on, you're, you'll just be able to focus so much more on the type of clients that you want, mm. the type of projects that you want to do. And it just saves you so much time reaching out to people because, as you know, you yeah. know, a lot of our time is spent chasing work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Work. If you're just out there going, right, who needs a video? Who needs a voiceover? It's Every, not everybody. Yeah, everyone could do with one, but yeah. but it's about catching them at the right time if you go at it like that. Whereas if you become the expert in your industry, going yeah. back to the dentist videography exactly. guy, you know, that's make it makes sense. You're only yeah. um you're only marketing towards one person, really, one type of one avatar, as they say. I'll tell you now, Adam, and I'm just like touch wood, grateful, thank mm. you, universe. I don't do any any marketing anymore. Wow. Zero. That's that's the the goal, I guess. That is the goal. The long term. I'm goal. just known yeah. as the fintech voice. Yeah, yeah. And whenever there's a new AI product, new VR product, it's drawn to you. Yeah, it's to me. The agents know that. My mm. agents know that. The clients know that. Um, Fantastic. And and that's my my work. Just luckily, seven years on, just comes in now, and it's no longer a call on a Tuesday. Can you do it on a Wednesday? I plan my months out, my weeks yeah. out. I get on calls with the clients and, you know, we are from, I, I come in from, you know, conception all the way through to delivery. And it's just a completely different business for yeah. me um, from when I first started, which was just like a headless chicken. Yeah. Auditioning 15 times a day. Yeah. Sending yeah. out demos. For everywhere. peanuts. For peanuts yeah, and also yeah. for criticism as yeah. well. What The one thing, you know, you've got to have really thick skin have, in this in this industry because- the voice isn't always right. Your price isn't always right. Your technology sometimes isn't always right. You don't have ISDN. That mic's not the right mic. Yeah. Um, I need, you know, you sometimes you're just in the wrong time zone. Yeah. You know, that's just not the time the client's available. I'm sorry, I just can't book you. Yeah. So all these things, they really eat at your confidence, especially when you first started, when you're first starting, that if you just eliminate all that, go in with confidence. You can do this, but actually just have a think about who you are first. You know, where your love is, where your passion is. Because at the end of the day, when you are one of thousands of voices, the client can tell when you're in it or you're not. Yeah, yeah. Always. Because when you're hard to reach, you don't really get back to your emails, you know, you seem to be kind of vague. They'll move on to somebody else because there's always someone else knocking knocking on their door. Absolutely. Whereas if you're really engaged in, in the topics and you really want to understand what it is, what it is that they're trying to convey or sell or you know, or say or deliver, you know, the clients can, they feel that from you. And I guess from early days on, if you are doing something that you're kind of interested in, you've got, you know, this might be a hobby or, yeah. or an interest in some way that you have that naturally you will be into the products and that comes across well in those Because we're still days. in the game of people liking people. Yeah. Because that, that, you know, we, we've covered like technology and, you know, the metaverse and all sorts of things in this, in this conversation, but essentially it's just me mm. and you yeah isn't it yeah and if you can just have that connection with that other person 
that so happen to be paying your invoices. Mm. Like you just make your you just make your life so much easier, so much easier yeah. and you enjoy it. And the few years that we've been through, if you cannot enjoy your days, then I don't see the point. Yeah. Yeah. What is the point? So, Vani, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It's, it's been, been, yeah, it's been great. It's been fun. We've we've covered quite a lot, and yeah, I think we could have carried on all, all day, but we'll we'll have to uh, we'll have to end it here. Um, it's certainly been more fun than the last time we were together because <laughs> it was uh, the Euros final where England. <sighs> it was. It started off such a great afternoon, didn't it? It really did. Barbecue, hot you tub. Hosted a lovely yeah. barbecue. Thank yeah. you. I'll take the. My housemate was probably more. In, in, <laughs> involved in that part but I'll take the credit Um, and then yeah so we were beaten on penalties um, oh that was so miserable I mean we started off like so high the whole afternoon was amazing there was music blasting yeah and And then then it was just dead (laughs) everyone went home and I was left literally the minute we lost everyone just left it out the front door the the penalty the final penalty kick went in (laughs) I I looked around everyone was gone that was that I think your house was at one point like full of like 20 people yeah and then within a minute gone Everyone just left. Yeah. You were just left. But that's that's life, own. isn't oh, it? Sure. We've always got the, the, the <laughs> World Cup in the winter to look forward to. This podcast has been brought to you by Insight Video.